Welcome to Coast to Ghost. I'm Carly. And I'm Charlie. We tackle some of the world's coolest true crime and paranormal mysteries. I break down true crime murder mystery cases. And I bring you the history behind some of the scariest enigmas the world has ever seen. Welcome back! It's 2023 and you're here with Coast to Ghost. (laughs) No, that was really good. (laughs) Um, no, that's that's fantastic. It is 2023. It's yeah. weird. I don't like it. I I'm not. A, I like I'm not it. an odd number person. So, yeah, I think that's what feels off to me right now. Is I mean, like I, it always feels off when a new year starts. But right, I mean, right. right now it just feels weirder because it is 2023, yeah. and it's a it's an odd number. I think that's it. I hope it's not an odd year. No, it's going to be great. We're going to be fine. We're going to thrive. Yeah, watch us look back on this in 2024 and be like, everything's uh, burning. Uh, We're dead. <laughs> <laughs> we are dead. Beep boop up. Dead. Just kidding. We're not going to be dead. I not, let's, not, let's not put that juju on us. Yeah, we're going no, to manifest a fantastic year we're for gonna everybody. We're going to have a great year. The podcast is going to boom. We're going to have a wonderful year. Yes, I mean, after, what is this? This is like our, I mean, I know it's our second season, but like, we're like a hundred something episodes in. Is that a pickle jar? No, Starbucks. Oh, (laughs) I thought it was a pickle jar. Okay, I'm losing my freaking mind. It's matcha, right? Yeah, 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 it's matcha. (laughs) Okay. Is that a pickle jar? I kind of. I thought pickles. it was. It totally looked like it. I was like, "Did you put ice in a pickle jar?" And I would then, like, do it. Just down it. I would do it. I would too. Pickles slap, man. Me too. I, I ugh. We had some really good pickles a couple weeks ago, and we had a couple friends over, and it was a really small jar, but we ate the whole thing. And then somebody was like, "Oh, wonder what the pickle juice tastes like." And I was like, "I was like, I know that pickle juice slaps because the pickles slapped." Yeah. So of I like obviously took a little swig of it. And I was like, ma'am, that was really good. And I just drank the whole thing. I mean, I don't blame... It was I think so it's good. good for, like, cramps or something, too. Like, they encourage you like, to drink pickle juice. I, like, crave that pickle juice. It was so good. So good. <laughs> okay. I'll get right back into it. <laughs> I'll get right back into it. After we talked about pickles, pickles. for, like, five minutes. <laughs> so, on this day in history... On January 2nd, 1981, the Yorkshire Ripper is apprehended after one of the largest manhunts in history. Then I oh, didn't know there was a Yorkshire Ripper. I feel like I thought there has was a just ripper. like everybody has a ripper, literally. Stop giving serial killers cool names. I know, I know. Um then on January 3rd, 1990, Charles Stewart implicated for the staged murder of his wife, which is a case that we discussed in season 1. Yes, I do remember that. Yes. Vaguely. It was the one where, like, his wife was pregnant and he staged, like, a carjacking. But it was... Oh, yep. And then, the last, this day in history, another case that we discussed previously in season one, on January 6, 1994, Nancy Kerrigan is attacked. Not Nancy Kerrigan. Yes, so it's the very popular not popular i don't want to say but well-known story of nancy kerrigan and tanya harding which 
we did cover last season. So if you want to hear more about that case or the Charles Stewart case, go back last season and you can listen all about them. Yes. Okay, and then on our not sponsored morbid curiosity segment, it is a trivia card. Okay, I'm so bad at these. Okay, I think maybe 2023 is my year. Maybe I'll get one right. And it looks like I just like pull them from like whatever card is closest to me, and it looks like the next few are trivia. So I think we're doing a couple trivia today. Great. <laughs> so, though common in many cultures. Victorians covered all the mirrors in a house after death to A. Prevent ghosts coming through B. Avoid focusing on vanity C. Honor the dead by not flaunting life or D. Prevent a spirit from being trapped by its reflection Oh my god Um, I really do want to I think I'm going to go with C on this one Honor the dead by not flaunting life Yeah it is D. Dude, so, what the fuck? <laughs> prevent a spirit from being trapped by uh, its reflection. So they believed if they saw their reflection, they could not cross over. That actually, that makes sense. Um, there's something inherently spooky about mirrors. Right. So right. I, I get it. Yeah. And then the second one for today is historically, the body of an assassin was often disposed of in what manner? A. Buried face down. B, cremated and scattered. C, dismembered. Or three, thrown into... Did I say three? I meant D. You did say three, yeah. <laughs> thrown into a bog. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, what the best way to cover up them being an assassin would be. I want to say dismembered, um, but I could also see being cremated and, like, scattered because that's, like, the best way to not know who that person is. So I'm going to go with the cremation one. It is actually A, buried face down. What the fuck? That doesn't even change anything. They can just flip the body over. It says this is deemed a fitting form of post-mortem punishment. I am am really bad at this. I'm (laughs) so bad at this. It's fine. It's fine. It humbles me. We're fine. So what do you have in store cooking for us? today in the store cooking for us today (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) uh this is actually kind of a long one it is about a serial killer um in the like 1800s to 1900s so um brace yourselves it's really fun yeah (laughs) buckle up (laughs) it's your buckle up sounds No, it was really good. Thanks. It was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really convincing. Okay, so we are just going to dive right into it because there's a lot of information. There's a lot of names. So. Okay, I'll try to follow. It's kind of hard to keep track of. I, I barely will. follow. I'll get it, lost. And I did all the research. So, <laughs> so in other words, we'll Carly, you're going to get lost. No, I didn't say that. I just, but you're implying. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yep, you definitely will. <laughs> so on November 11th, 1858, a girl by the name of Belle Gunnis was born in Selbu, Norway, to parents Paul and Barrett. Belle was the youngest of eight children, and while little was known about her siblings and her family, we do know that she was raised on a small farm. 
When Belle was 14, she not only worked on her farm, but started milking and herding livestock on neighboring properties. She also got a position at a local butcher shop in an attempt to save money for a passage to New York, um, which was by boat at the time. Right, <laughs> Just right. heads up, I mean, it's the 1800s. Multiple sources claim that up until a certain point, Belle was a lovely girl while working hard and like kind of raising money to do this she kind of like loved fully she had a couple different partners in life um and then when she was 18 she actually went to a dance in town and uh was kicked in the stomach by a very wealthy man and um it caused her to miscarry yeah so she lost a baby we don't know who the father of the baby was uh but ultimately the guy who kicked her in the stomach did not get charged with anything because he was wealthy and everybody was just like oh yeah this is fine what a slime ball is it was pretty fucked up i do want to note that he also passed away like i think a year later um, from stomach cancer. So I guess oh, wow. that the karma is really a nice little really got him. Yeah. It literally it was just like, oh, okay. Wow. But then I mean once we finish the story, I don't know if it's really karma. So okay. oh no. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. So in eighteen eighty one, after working as a servant on a farm for two years, she had finally saved up enough money to follow her older sister Nellie and her brother in law to America. They had taken up residence in Chicago, Illinois, where Belle then got a job as a servant on another farm. In 1884, Belle met a man by the name of Mads Albert Sorensen. They were quick to marry and had four children by the name of Caroline, Axel, Myrtle, and Lucy, which I love those names, by the <laughs> way. Like, I, it's maybe it's the 1800 thing, but Axel, the name... Cool. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really it is solid. cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> In 1886, they opened up a candy store that ultimately did not do well. Uh-huh. And then the store and their home mysteriously burned down, resulting oh. in a sizable insurance payout that funded the purchase of another That's home. That's not sketchy at all. No, not sketchy in the slightest. <laughs> at all. Mm-mm. When they were infants, both Axel and Caroline experienced nausea, fever, diarrhea, and cramping in their lower abdomens and sadly passed away not long into their lives. Again, insurance policies were collected on both of the children. So the parents are obviously poisoning them. Okay, keep going. Yeah, (laughs) I love how that's like your immediate jump. According to the United States Census in Chicago on June 13th, 1900, Belle claimed to be the mother of two children and a third adopted girl who was listed as Morgan Couch, but was later identified as Jenny Olson. Um, So during the census at that time, she also did say that um, she still had Axel and Caroline, but they passed away, which is something that you had to report in the census. Um, So it was around that time. And then okay. a little over, um, what's that? Wait, so how many kids does she have? So right now she has... So they had see. four, two died. Yes. And then... Yeah, so have, right now she still has Myrtle, Lucy, and Jenny. So she has three girls. Okay, okay. And Jenny is the the adopted one? Yeah, we don't know where she came from, but she just like suddenly okay. lived with cool. them. Cool, quirky. Yeah. Quirky. Love it. (laughs) 
A little over a month later, on July 30th, Albert Sorensen died from heart failure. This was the only day of the two. Like, so he had two insurance policies. I guess this is how the best way to explain it. He had two insurance policies out on his life, um, and one was ending and one was beginning. So on July 30th, that was the only day he was covered by both. And that's the day that he died. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. I know. That so is not a coincidence. Felt, that is not a coincidence. No, definitely no. not. And I do want to say it's so much easier to get away with crime in the 1800s right. than the 1900s. Like, it's so much easier. Um, so Bell would collect the payout from both and was given $8,500, which today would equate to $240,000. Wow. Um, and that is just on the death of Albert Sorensen. So with this money and the new heartbreak of losing her husband, Belle moved the family to a large farm in LaPorte, Indiana. Shortly after she had acquired the property, both the boathouse and the carriage houses burned to the ground. I'm just not going to open my eyes anymore. <laughs> I'm just not going to open oh my, my eyes she anymore. Sucks. She's, she sucks. She's kind of evil, bro. Right. Like, like straight up evil. Like E-V-I-L-B-O-Y-S. Yeah. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Love the Phineas and Ferb <laughs> These boys are evil. <laughs> that was such a bop. Like, I just want to point that out. It, like, hit. Every song um, in their hits. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, yeah, no, this property was really big, so it wasn't, like, the main house, uh, but, yeah, two buildings just, like, mysteriously burned down, and I could not find anything about there being an insurance payout on either of those, so I don't know why or what, like, she just probably did it, because she's a shit person. She crazy. (laughs) She crazy. It only gets worse, bro. It only gets so much worse. (laughs) So as Belle gathered up her children and tied up loose ends in Chicago, she reconnected with a man named Peter Gunnis, who um, she had met before he got married, but his wife had previously died. He was from the same area in Norway that she traveled Hmm. from, and uh, he actually worked as a butcher. So she just like they connected over that, too, because she was she worked as a butcher when she was 18. So I thought you were going to say because she murders people with an axe or something. <laughs> we have I something mean, in common. She, honestly, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter had recently been widowed and jumped at the chance to have Belle in his life as he had an infant daughter and an older daughter at the time. Um... And he really had no idea how to take care of them. Like, um, classic 1900s man. Did right. not know. But also, like, like on a scale of 1 to 10, like, where where's Belle on looks? She's, so, on a scale of 1 to 10, she's actually kind of pretty. Like, I'm not going to lie. Okay, like, she's, okay. she's, like, a solid 6. If you factor in the murder, I would say a solid 3. Um, but she okay. like so she was uh, she was kind of like a more burly woman for the time. Like she wasn't dainty. Like she liked to wear pants. She like ran a farm. She was just like right. fuck everything. But men found that attractive. They're like, oh, she can take care of my kid and punch a dude in the face. Okay, hot, <laughs> hot, so hot. <laughs> so um, the couple married on April first in Laporte before tragedy April struck Fools. once again. 
April Fool's. <laughs> I mean, it should have been a joke, but it wasn't <laughs> because uh, the infant daughter died immediately. Oh, no. Yeah, she was in the house alone with Belle at the time, but no one questioned it. It was they figured it was just like sudden infant death syndrome because there was there was no like symptoms of anything. So, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Eight months later, Peter Gunnis would also be found dead on the farm after what Belle described as a tragic accident. She claimed that a meat grinder fell off a high shelf in the kitchen and struck him in the head, killing him instantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the I'm not gonna lie. looking at me right now. You said meat grinder, and I was like, oh my god, he accidentally fell into the meat grinder. He fell into the meat grinder. It's happened. You never know. Yeah. Whoops. It wasn't this case, but... (laughs) So, now that is left is Belle, Mm -hmm. her her three kids. Yes. And then the oldest kid from Peter's previous marriage. Yes. So, there's four of them in the house right now. Okay. Okay. Um, This big-ass farm. So people were beginning to get suspicious of Belle at this beginning, point. Beginning, beginning. Yeah. I was suspicious ten minutes ago. What do you mean? Beginning. Same. <laughs> the responding medical examiner was convinced foul play was involved in Peter's death, and one of the Gunnis children claimed that her mother had hit Peter over the head with a meat cleaver. So there you go. There's your butcher, <laughs> butcher tie-in. <laughs> God. <laughs> However, she was very convincing, and the investigating officials did find her story credible. During this time, Peter's brother, Gust, became increasingly worried about his niece, Peter's older daughter, and she was taken from the house to move to Wisconsin. Yeah, so she she got out of there. Good. Thank Good for her. God. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to piss you off. Um, Belle was pregnant with Peter's child at the time of his death and later gave birth to a son named Philip. And not much later, Belle stated that her adopted daughter, Jenny Olson, had gone off to Los Angeles to attend college. She was never seen again. Yep. Never seen again. And her body was later discovered on the property. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. Don't worry. Gets worse. Um, (laughs) A man by the name of Ray Lampier was hired to hype, help out on the fam, oh. like on the family farm. R.I.P. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, <laughs> it was in 1907, and though he would often get drunk and brag about sleeping with his boss, so he he literally he would just they were friends with benefits. So you know. However, it did seem like Ray wasn't enough to satisfy Belle because she was. She then put out an ad in the paper looking for a suitor in any large city of the Midwest. And I do have the ad if you want to hear oh, it. Says. Yes! It's very great. So it says Comely Widow, who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in LaPorte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with, with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with a personal visit. Triflers need not apply. I'm just like imagining being the farm worker Ray and like he's out for drinks with the boys and it's like, yeah, I'm sleeping with my boss. haha. <laughs> and then like the waitress comes and brings the newspaper and the boys are like just 
flipping through and then they come across this and he's like oh that's my boss oh shit yeah that's the one I'm sleeping with <laughs> and it's a small town so everybody knows <laughs> So, while Belle went on plenty of dates, only a few of them stuck. One of the men was named John Moe. He brought $1,000 with him to pay off her mortgage, but later vanished without a trace. Um, so, there's that. Right. Yep. Next was George Anderson. He had a few more stipulations than John did and would only pay off the mortgage of the farm after they were married. As he slept in the guest room of the house, he woke up to Belle standing at the foot of his bed with a murderous look in her eyes. She turned and left without a word, and he slipped out the window and took the first train back home. Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, you know thank what? God. Fuck that. I'm out. Like, he slipped out the window in nothing but his underwear, and he was <laughs> gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad he uh, acted upon the red flags. Yeah, I agree. And then in December of 1907, another suitor by the name of Andrew Hegelin, which I probably butchered that, um, had sent multiple letters to Bell throughout the year and was interested in becoming something more. Later, when the farm was searched, a letter addressed to Andrew from Bell read, when I hear your name mentioned, and this is when one of the dear children speaks of you, or I hear myself humming it with the words of an old love song, it is beautiful music to my ears. My heart beats in wild rapture for you, my Andrew. I love you. Come prepare to stay forever. Barf in stay my forever, mouth. All right. Barf in my mouth. I froze it up. I, I make them all throw up, but also like be prepared to stay here forever because I'm gonna kill you. Literally, that's what, as soon as I read that, I was like, okay, got I, it. I mean, got it. Devil's advocate. At least she was honest. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was pretty honest. So this letter wa- worked well, and Andrew was quick to make his way to Laporte. He brought $2,900 with him, and as soon as he got there, both him and Belle deposited the check in a local bank, which is bold. They went in there together. Shortly after his arrival, Ray Lampier, the farmhand, took issue with Andrew and was fired for making a scene. Aww, um, poor Ray. He was in love with her. Yeah, he was very in love I'm with her. I'm team Ray. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm team as Ray, a, too, As of right now, as of right now, unless something else happens, but as of this moment in time, team Ray. Yeah, we're certainly not team Belle. No. Well, you can't be. <laughs> She's ridiculous. This started a series of trials in town. Belle claimed that Lampere was not sane, but after a trial, he was deemed competent. Belle then claimed that he would show up randomly to her farm. She had him arrested for trespassing, and during all of this, Andrew vanished. Vanished. Yeah, he uh, vanished. (laughs) His brother was worried and wrote Belle, who stated that Andrew wasn't at her farm at all and probably went to visit his family back in Norway. She stated that if he wanted to come to Laporte and look for his brother, he was more than welcome to do so. Don't go! Which is also extremely bold. Mm Mm-hmm. In 1908, another man by the name of Joe Maxson was hired to help out on the farm to replace Ray. In February of that year, he was awoken by the smell of smoke. He screamed for Belle and the kids, but the flames were high enough for him to jump out the window on the second floor and run to get help. By the time the fire department reached the scene, the house was nothing but rubble. They found four bodies among the ashes, three children, and the decapitated body of a woman. Okay, Mm -hmm. so... Wait. Okay, so 
her two original children and then the baby. Or not, I don't know if it's a baby now, but it was the baby, Peter's baby, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then hopefully Belle's decapitated body. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So suspicions went to Ray immediately, and he was arrested for arson and murder. He said that he was nowhere near the property, but was charged regardless. It was assumed that the bodies were those of Belle and her three children. Many neighbors didn't think it was her, but a dentist found some crown work that he stated he had done for Belle, disputing them. Um, So Andrew's brother, his name is Azel, I believe, uh, traveled to Laporte and told police there was foul play involved in the fire and in the disappearance of his brother. He showed up at the scene and watched as investigators searching for Belle's head uncovered eight different men's watches, human teeth, and an assortment of bones. Gosh. I know, it's just pretty bad. From there, they began to dig in Bell's hog pen. There, they found four bodies, one belonging to Andrew. They also found the body of Jenny Olsen, Bell's oh. adopted daughter, who supposedly had gone off to college years before. Yeah. In total, it is believed that Bell Gunnis murdered upwards of 40 people Holy between 1884 cow. and 1908. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and to this day, there are some that are identified. I did not include a list, but I will in the source notes. Um, there are some that are identified. There are some that they're working on identifying, and there are some that are still unidentified but believed to be her victim. Oh. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. So, so do, you, do you think Ray did it? I will get into that, okay. but no, I do not. Okay, because <laughs> I'm still team Ray. I love Ray. I'm still Team Ray too. Yeah, I mean his picture's a little. He looks a little unhinged. Don't get me wrong, but like <laughs> he's fine. So Ray pled innocent to all charges of arson and murder on May 22nd of 1908. His defense argued that the dental work was planted and possibly didn't belong to Gunnis at all. He was charged with arson but not murder and was sentenced to 21 years before dying of tuberculosis on oh. December 30th, 1909. Yeah, so he did he did pass away in prison, but it was he was only in there for a year. So, at least there's there's that for him. On his deathbed, Ray confessed to the to a reverend that he did not murder anyone, but did help Belle bury many of her victims. He was certain that she wasn't dead and that she had lured 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 a housekeeper from Chicago before drugging the woman and decapitating her. She tied cinder blocks to the woman's head and dressed the rest of the body in her clothing. She was she then removed her false teeth before chloroforming the children and setting the house on fire. And I, this is according to I totally to believe it. I totally believe it. Yes, I do too. I 100% do too. So Gunnis then fled into the woods and was later sighted in multiple cities, but never truly identified. In 1931, she was said to be living in Mississippi. Others stated that she was living under the name of Esther Carlson in Los Angeles. And um, Esther was arrested on February 9th for poisoning her husband, August Lindstrom. She died while awaiting trial, and it was never really confirmed to be Belle. So we don't know if that was Belle or not. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. The body that was found at the scene of the fire was buried next to Belle's first husband in Chicago under the assumption that it was Belle who perished in the fire. Then, in November of 2007, a descendant of Belle's sister, Nellie, 
gave the state permission to unearth the remains and test it against their DNA. However, there was not enough DNA left on the body to test, so no one knows who the buried body belongs to. And to this day, we do not know if Belle actually got out or not. To this day. Well, Belle, if you're currently listening to this right now, just send us a message. Just let us know that. (laughs) Just go on our website and just shoot us a quick little email. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> and don't kill us. No, no, no. I would no. appreciate it. No, like, but Team Ray. Yeah, Team Ray. I mean, I know he helped bury a lot of bodies, but, I mean. He was in the love. One them. Yeah, he was in love. He loved her very much. You do anything for love. <laughs> yeah. She's a, she's a terrible human being, and not a lot of E-V-I-L. people know about her, but she is one of the most, like, prolific serial killers 44. in the United States. Around mm-hmm. 44. Could be more. Could be more. It could be not less. Definitely could be more. <laughs> That's insane. Insane. It is It is wild. And, like, I hadn't heard of it. Me neither. Like, it's just like, who the fuck? And as I kept researching, I was like, oh, another one. Oh, another, another one. one. And then we just kept going. I so. think, like, if, like I just, every time I just could feel my mouth drop a tad bit more. It's just like... She's one. scary. Then, yeah. I really want... Hear me out. I know this is probably very insensitive, but it did happen in the 1800s, so I feel like we're fine. I really, really want a movie, like a really good movie about this, and I want Aubrey Plaza to play Belle. So love bad. Aubrey Plaza. Love her. Yeah. And I'm going to need Oscar Isaac to step in as Ray. And yes! <laughs> right? That would be a blockbuster hit. Yes! <laughs> James Cameron, if you're listening. James Cameron. No, I want James Gunn. I want all those explosions. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, but like murder. <laughs> How about the Duffer Brothers? Eh. A little spooky. The Duffer aspect. Brothers, but like only if they have a woman helping them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. James Cameron. Yeah, I'm in. James Cameron. <laughs> Wow, that was a that that is very unhinged. It is so unhinged. I mean, I don't even uh, trust me. We take this very seriously, but at the same time, what the fuck? Yeah, like (laughs) that was a a pot of surprises. A pot of surprises. Yeah, we started off cooking. (laughs) Oh my god, we're back with the cooking references. Yep. Wow. That, that was a, a good way to start 2023. Yeah, it was. Happy New Year, Happy everybody. Happy New Year. Um, well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Coast to Ghost. Make sure you check the link in the description of this podcast. It'll take you to our website where you can learn a little bit more about each episode. We post pictures on it, about them. Um, you can also message us any story suggestions or just letting us know how you're enjoying the podcast. Also, be sure to rate the podcast if you're enjoying it wherever you listen to us. Yes, we see we see all. We see everything. Yes. We yes. want to know. We just want to know if you're liking it. We just want to know. We just yeah. wanna, I mean, we're not going to we're not going to hire Bell Guinness. No, no, we're not. We're going to We're not going to do that. <laughs> we can't do that. We can't. Right? That's illegal. That's a weagle. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you guys for listening to another episode. And don't forget to stay spooky. Peace out.